You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today we're talking about Enneagram and faith with Beth McCord. I'm so excited to be closing out season two with such a wonderful author, Beth McCord. She is such a pillar of fun for couples as she does her Becoming Us marriage tour and continues to help everybody along with her husband, Jeff, to understand Enneagram and relationships. And right now in the world, we have her bringing in a very important topic. It's always important, but especially in our craziness of 2020, 2021, that Beth can bring in that lens of faith to help us ground ourselves even more as we do our Enneagram work. I'm so grateful. And as I'm part of the idealism triad, I also enjoy not just the grounding work, but bringing in that hope piece that she brings in as well as she does her work. So I know that you are in for a treat as you get to listen with me today about her. And I want to give you a couple of other important announcements as we finish up this wonderful season. And I want to reflect back with you guys on where we started out talking about instincts and self-care and we rounded out there as well again. So I hope you're still getting your self-care. I hope you're finding places where you can be healthy one-on-one and socially as well so that you guys can really continue to move fluidly through your lives and try to make growth and change I know it's super slow, but I hope it's steady for you as well. And by steady, I don't mean that sometimes there aren't setbacks or days where it's actually looking a bit backwards, but I mean steady in terms of it's a steadiness that you know, even if there's some days that you're falling into the trance of your own type and you're not really doing good Enneagram work, but that you can also see a lot of grace for yourself and say, hey, I noticed it. You know, I've been really tough on my spouse in various ways. So keep doing your work even if you're like me and like most of us, you have your setbacks. Also, as we round out season two, I want to check back with you on how you did with the Enneagram Daily Reflections 40-day series. I hope you have had so many awesome insights. I know I've been so blessed by the series. As we talk about Enneagram and faith, it's perfect timing to remind you to check back about this. And I will tell you in a little while which one has been really helping me the most, but I want to also just remind Mind you of our code so that you don't miss out. It's EMPOD30 for 30% off as well as free U.S. shipping. So it's a great series edited, of course, by the amazing Suzanne Stabile. And with diverse authors, you're getting just so many different ways to look at each type, as well as, I think, personally, to get to really set inside of the other types in a unique way that you just do not get otherwise. You can't just get inside your friend and family and spouse's head. So it's a super big gift and I think it lands you with more compassion. And I'm not even going to say just that, but also more tools. So as far as that goes, yes, make sure you grab that. I'll leave all of the information in the show notes, but I'm so excited to say that we had, at least during this crazy pandemic, we did also have a great birthday with Wes and we have been able to do some of our personal work as a social subtype. He's had to really be creative and find other ways when he wants to be social to be social, but not quite so social. And that's something probably every one of us is doing in some way, shape or form. So we did that, but we had a lot of fun going and getting bento boxes for his birthday and he got to go boating and he also enjoyed boba tea. And so, you know, we're trying so hard to do our self-care and do all the things, but it's definitely a process. And even though now he and I are doing more of our workouts together, my daughter just said she's missing me because I was checking in with her on how she's doing. So she's taking ballet and 
jazz and modern classes this year. And so we're like, oh my gosh, we miss our workouts together now. So if you ever think balance is a perfect thing, remember it's always exactly like you're on a teeter-totter and you're always moving a little bit back and forth. And then meanwhile, you're also trying to work on your own Enneagram passion, your difficult place, which always tricks you into thinking to use your old defense mechanisms and makes you want to go back to what's actually hurting you. So I'm still dealing with that on a regular basis. I know you guys are too, but don't give up just because you're dealing with it. Remember that each day has new potential and it is wonderful to see that you do, as we said, move two steps forward sometimes and it's slow, 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 slow growth, but we try to have fun while we're doing it. And one of the best ways I've been slowing down, but still trying to stay fit and rage against the gluttony is instead of my pop sugar, I am actually going out on a limb and enjoying blog lotties with my daughter. So that's one way also that we're connecting. And she loves it because it's got a dance feature. It's There's a lot of pop culture references for the nine. And for me, I'm just, of course, researching like, what is blog lotties? Why isn't it called just Pilates? And what's going on here? And it's actually really good. So I hope you like it. We've really enjoyed that. I still love Anna from Pop Sugar, but Cassie Ho over at Blog Lotties is amazing. And Melody says that her arms workouts are just like even way better. And So we're just on this new phase. And so as we close out season two, we're like, we have to like continue to grow. We just have to, and we have to move and shift a little bit. Even she has moved ahead of me and she's a nine. So you see, sometimes we are just awesome in our type and we're moving faster than other types who are supposed to be moving faster. And the other two members of my family don't get as much traction on the show, but they're moving and they're growing and they're doing their best too. And my four wants me to watch The Outsiders with her, as does my son again. But it's wonderful, wonderful probably one of the best books and movies out there, but there's just so much going on out there. I'm just like, can we just wait a minute? Can we just watch Parks and Rec for a little bit more? Even though I'm the one that introduced them to it, I'm like, I need a little respite. So sometimes it's okay to take a little respite when the world around you is going through so much or you are. And then sometimes, of course, we're just going in and we're embracing all of the pain and we're crying. And so this is all life. And I hope you're just doing it with us. But Just keep in mind how grateful I am to have had this opportunity in season two with you. We have walked through this journey together. Some of you keep me up to date with how you're doing on it, and I love that, and I welcome you to do that in my DMs, and I love hearing about how the episodes are affecting you. So if you've loved the show, please leave a review at Apple Podcast and let me know that, and I really will read those and look forward to hearing. I also want to let you know that I'm just so honored you've journeyed this season with us and that's extra making me happy that we have such an amazing guest for the final episode of season two. So let's welcome Beth McCord. You know her as an amazing Enneagram speaker and couples expert. She is an Enneagram coach trainer. She has coaches all over the world and she's also got a ton of experience with all of the Enneagram pairs and is married as a nine to her sixth husband, Jeff, and they do this work together all over and he has a therapist interest and background. So it is an amazing privilege to have Beth on the show. And trust me, I didn't even share all of her amazing accolades, but she is going to tell you some of them herself. And I'm really excited for you to get to hear her as we talk all things Enneagram and Faith. Beth, I'm so glad to have you on today. Thanks so much for coming. 
Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to finally meet you and, and talk in person. I know we've, we've literally talked for hours, I'm sure. Yes. It's literally like two marriage and Enneagram people just wow. And, and you are just sharing your light with so many people. We're all sharing your Mm -hmm. test out there. You have an awesome (laughs) book out there. You go all over the country and world to speak. We're just so thankful and your awesome podcast. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. It's my joy. I'm so glad. And we're going to be talking about Enneagram and faith, as you guys know today, as well as a little bit about Jeff and Beth's six, nine glow, which I call harmonic vibes. So I'm wondering if you can tell us some of the inners about six and nine marriages. I've had Dr. Camden Morganti on to talk about it as well. But what's interesting is she is the six in the relationship and her husband's the nine and you guys Mm -hmm. are reversed. And that does change things. It does change things. Absolutely. Cause actually it was some of our best friends opposite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting. Like, I mean, obviously we have a lot of similarities, but I do find the male nine and the female nine. It's like, huh, you don't struggle with that. Interesting. You know, and it, and it's, yeah, it just really kind of takes me back sometimes on some of the differences that are more gender related and in society, you know, and how society kind of, um, we might've grown up thinking a, a role needed to be played a certain way. So yeah. all that to be said. Yeah. So Jeff and I are types six and nine. I'm the nine. He's the six yeah. and he is a counterphobic six. So mm-hmm. he's definitely more passionate and intense and driven, but of course, underlying all that is fear and um, he's uh, adopted. And so there is that abandonment issue that all sixes have, but especially being adopted, there's that attachment issue, um, which really plays a big role in our marriage Mm. and how it really plays out for us is as a nine, um, I grew up in a family that was pretty, um, when I'll explain this, but it was pretty quiet and calm and docile for the most part. I had an older brother was kind of hyper, but I think my parents really wanted like this, this home that was peaceable and kind and, um, quiet, which I said, which why I was laughing was my dad's a six, I mean, a seven with a six wing, Mm -hmm. which you are. And my mom is a six, but she's a phobic six. But with my dad being a seven with a six, there was a lot of loyalty and commitment and wanting that kindness and the engagement with people, but keeping everything positive. And, but there wasn't this high, high energy that I think a lot of people think of. He was fun, but it wasn't this excitable energy. Um, it was very grounded. So when I'm with my husband, who is very much more energetic and passionate and intense on one side, that's what attracted me, right? Like, Oh, like that's what I, you know, my heart longs for is at nine. I can be too, you know, passive Mm. and he gives me the energy to go, but then when it gets too much, or maybe there's some tension or discord, or maybe I sense that he isn't super happy. And I don't know if it's me or something else, all of a sudden my nine signals, you know, go off and I start to shut down or withdrawal or get quiet. Well, that lands on his heart as abandonment and withdrawal, Mm. which is one of his greatest fears. 
Mm. I mean, that's one of his greatest fears in general as a type six, but I think with the whole attachment issues, that's even like almost more compounded. Mm. And so, and then he's also uh, one-to-one or sexual six. So mm. all of a sudden then he, he's like, we've got to resolve this now. Let's talk about it. Let's, mm. let's, you know, work this out. Well, it comes at me as intensity, mm-hmm. more intensity. And it's like everything in my mind is like, there's something bad happening, you know? <laughs> yes. And I'm like, I did something wrong. I'm bad. And that's not at all what he's saying, but that's how it lands on me. Mm-hmm. So then I shut down more and then he wants to pursue me more. And he, well, he'll be like, I love you. Like, but with passion <laughs> and kind of like in a yelling voice, you know, like showing how committed and loyal and loving <laughs> Like, Like if I was doing something right, he wouldn't need to yell this at me. Yeah. And so it only would land on my heart is I'm doing something wrong because there's this intensity and volume and, and energy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we had to learn why we were doing what we were doing because we saw it from totally different perspectives here. He's thinking he's showing his loyalty and his love and his commitment by pursuing me. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking he's pursuing me because I'm doing something wrong or I'm not good enough, or I shouldn't have asserted myself and my opinion. And that just got him off or whatever. And we're just totally missing each other. And so that's where we can get derailed. But when we realize, okay, you know, I am safe and secure in my relationship with God and I matter so much and how he created me and same with, you know, him feeling like, no, I'm safe and secure in my relationship with God, then we can move towards other instead of trying to demand something from one another. Mm. And when we're at that place, it changes what we call the dance. It changes the yeah. dance so that if I'm feeling that intensity from him, I can, I can put on his lens and go, Oh wait, he's intense. And he is pursuing me because he's probably feeling something's off Mm -hmm. and it's triggering his core fears and he doesn't know what else to do. And so then I can be curious about it instead of being like, why are you like this? You know, which of course is an idea. It'd be like, I don't even think I would say that. Um, but I can be curious and say, Hey, I'm, I'm noticing some intensity. I'm feeling like a lot of energy coming from you. You know, what's going on? Is there something I I'm missing or did something land on you a certain way? Mm-hmm. And then vice versa, if he sees me starting to shut down or withdraw, mm-hmm. instead of trying to pursue me with that intensity, he can try to draw me out mm-hmm. and show with calmness and kindness, like that he is still here, but it comes from a, a different source of energy that actually I feel compelled to move towards. Mm-hmm. And, and so once we realize kind of the dance and why we do what we do, we are able to have these conversations and draw closer to each other, even though we've always been best friends and we've always loved oh, doing yeah. life together. Yeah. Those times that aren't working well, they're hard. And so it's mm-hmm. so much better to have this clarity and this honesty and openness to work through, but we're on, you know, we're mm-hmm. still going to always struggle with mm-hmm. dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why we just have to remain curious and mm-hmm. intrigued with one another and keep learning about ourselves personally, but then also the other person. And it just makes, you know, for a really wonderful marriage, even though it's not going to be Yeah. Wow. Well said. And that is so beautiful that you're learning to tell stories about each other as you did today to say, my husband has attachment wounds from his adoption days and I have my own way and my parents overlay. And I think that you, when you explained to me that your mom is a phobic six and your dad is a seven wing six, I realized 
how there's that sense of, as you said, we're quieter. So mm-hmm. you weren't used to this reactivity harmonic group coming in and saying, oh my gosh, we have to solve it now. It felt alarming to you. And even I noticed as a seven wing six parent of a nine, sometimes before I had done more of my Enneagram work and still occasionally there's a tendency to silence a nine because of our own neuroses to say, you know, and that's not necessarily healthy. That's kind of the seven and the six going into their pathology and saying, I won't be able to make it if we have too much energy. Well, my brother's a two and he's a very extroverted out there too, but he also, he, he's four years older and he struggled with a severe stuttering issue. And then he was just hyperactive, Uh, but there was a lot of dynamics going on. And so I, whether we all realized or not played the role of being calm and peaceable and out of the fray. And Mm -hmm. now my parents were super encouraging. Like that was, what was so great is, you know, they, they engaged in my life and, you know, wanted me to try a bunch of new things. And so that's, you know, especially I think seeing my dad, the sevenness of, yeah, let's try, you know, like, yeah, go play soccer and go try dance and go, you know, here and go, you know, that was really helpful, especially for me as a nine, I probably just wouldn't have done much Mm -hmm. had I not had someone to cheer me on. And then my mom was so faithful and taking me to all the places, you know, and doing all the things, but you know, there was a lot going on for them in the background of making sure that Mark was getting the help and the resources he needed. And what's really awesome is he's now a professor of counseling at a seminary. And so, I mean, he went from barely being able to say one word in like, it took him like a minute to say a word, like when he was seven or you know six or seven to actually being a professor. Now he still occasionally stutters, but he's been able to do so much work. So, and then, you know, story with my own struggles with reading and just to see how a six with a seven wing parent and then a six that is like, yeah, this is going to be hard, but you can do it for both of us. And Mm -hmm. kind of being that champion behind us is so, was so crucial to get us to where we are today. So, you know, running your Enneagram coach, you know, the ninth, like, Oh, my voice isn't going to matter. Who cares? My parents are always that encouragement. Like, no, you can do it. Life is hard, but it can be good. And so having that, and then of course we talked earlier before we get on here, but having my husband, he really champions my voice and wonderful. And I, I have to be very mindful when I don't share my own voice, but I'm very grateful. I have others that support me and saying, no, this is important. Like what you have to say matters. And I'm like, okay, I'll get out there. You know, once again, even though it feels really hard and really big and challenging hearing them kind of cheer me on just really gives me the fuel to move forward. But so all that to be said, yes, I played a role obviously in the family Mm -hmm. that was needed, but I'm also, even though I played that role and there were definite quote unquote, good reasons that were Mm -hmm. what was going on. I am also thankful that they also had moments of really focusing on me and cheering me on. If that makes mm. sense. Oh, it sure does. It you can tell. Look at all you've done as a nine. And I want every nine listening to see the potential that Beth has really showed you guys. And of course, she's not saying she's perfect, but she has stood in and she has become activated and she has found someone to do life with that cares about her and can help get her started on those days when she needs that. And that's a blessing. (laughs) And I'm so glad to hear that side of the six, nine life together. And it's a beautiful reminder that that six can be such a champion for you. And I love hearing too, Mm. that you are not going to let that part of you that says, 
nobody cares, uh, mm-hmm. take over. It's like, you're past that you've already grown past it and you're in it now. Yes. Yeah. Well, now it's like a whole story in of itself of my wake up moment. And, you know, I'm really thankful for, for God, for that wake up moment, because without it, none of this would be existing because I literally was using the Enneagram up until that point for 12, 15 years Mm -hmm. and just using it quietly in the background, hoping for more, but it's like, uh, well, yeah, I don't know, you know, and tell us about your wake up moment a little bit. Okay. So, so at the time I was working for Michael Hyatt and company. So he does a lot of productivity and leadership stuff, online courses, just like best-selling author. He's just amazing. And their whole team is amazing. And so I got to learn, I was his personal assistant. So I got to learn a lot of, um, but behind the scenes of how to develop a company and how to do online courses. So, and I just learned from all their materials too. So that's why in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, it is possible. But of course, then there's that nine part that's like, yeah, that looks hard. Or I don't know if anyone would really care what you have to say or all the things. Well, Got also my planner season, right here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The focus <laughs> planner. Yeah. Um, so it was during that time I had someone else in my life that could have really kind of launched me into kind of the coaching sphere. Um, they knew I was into the Enneagram. I saw them often, but they didn't see me for the potential I had, or like they didn't they didn't take it seriously, like the skill set that I had. And this was mm. almost years ago. So mm. I've been using the Enneagram for 16 years, mm. but I'm really quiet about it. Mm. Use it totally the background and just waiting for this person to pull me out. This is totally what a nine does like, oh, well, if I was really that good, they would pull me out. They would call me into this. They would, mm. they would promote me. They would do something. Obviously mm-hmm. if they don't see it in me, mm-hmm. then it's not that good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of, that was my mindset. Well, then one day I was looking through Instagram at home and after work and I was thumbing through and I saw the person put a book of the Enneagram and it was like, Oh, I, you know, my friends told me about this. I can't wait to learn. And my nine the instincts, the instinctual drive just went off and I felt so overlooked. I'm with this yeah. person quite often. Like all yeah. you had to do is ask me any question. I could have given you mm-hmm. all the information. I could have told you all the books mm-hmm. and to feel so overlooked. And it was like, it, you know, it was, I'm the instinctual yeah. uh, triads, the gut yeah. center, just that gut reaction. I literally oh, yeah. stood up instantaneously, yeah. walked straight out of the <laughs> yeah. house, passing oh. Jeff. He was looking at me. He could feel a tsunami of energy. <laughs> Like, what's happening? You know, yeah. and I just said, look at Instagram, and I grabbed my keys and went to the car. Yeah. This is a nine. I knew that the eruption mm. was literally coming. Wow. Oh wow! And Mom, as a nine, I don't. As a, as a nine, it's like I don't want to be around anyone when it happens oh, because yeah. I don't know what what's going to happen, and I'm afraid that it's going to cause more disruption. So I got in my car and I started driving, and I let myself just scream at the top of my lungs, which feels so hard for a nine, but it was also, I knew I needed to just allowing this kind of energy to surge through me. Mm-hmm. And then as I turned around about 10, 15 minutes later, as I was driving, I just felt like God's saying, why are you so angry? And I would be honest, my stubborn nine with an eight wing really kind of sassed out a little bit. And I was like, are you serious? Do mm-hmm. I have to explain this to you? Yeah. And it was very calm and quiet. And a couple of seconds later, no, really, why are you so angry? And it was clear as day. My heart said, it's because I overlook myself mm-hmm. and what I permit, I promote. And I realized this person 
has no clue that that would have hurt me, but I, I literally permit people to overlook me because I overlook myself. And that's, so I realized in that moment, I had a choice. Am I going to wake up and engage with life and to give the world what I have been given, or am I going to continue to hoard my Mm -hmm. gifts and talents and viewpoints? And it hurt the world. Basically, Mm -hmm. like if you're hoarding these gifts, you're just keeping them for yourself. And so it was at that moment, I realized I was on a completely new path. My eyes were open. My heart was fully engaged. And that's when we started your Enneagram coach. Ah, wow. What a beautiful moment to see. And I see your beautiful books behind you. I mean, just, it's like God has done so much with that open heart and that desire Mm. for wholeness and just all the potential that was inside and is can be unlocked with any nine and any type, but you guys have the gifts of each type. So it's just stunning when we get to see that unload and share it with the world. So thank you for being brave and stepping in right there. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, that's a huge gift. And now you've been able to speak into the world of faith as well, because there's a lot of our listeners who are Christians. Some are not, but many are. And they sometimes ask me those huge Mm -hmm. questions. And you already thankfully shared some, which is, and this is the same with marriage theory at large. Anyway, when you get to the end of attachment theory or Enneagram work, you come to that space where really we need God's grace because we come to the end of ourselves. So I was wondering, in addition to how you said, this is how you use it in your marriage. How do you think couples can use faith when they're doing their Enneagram work and they're feeling kind of stuck? What do you recommend for people? So that's, that is our whole story. So we started learning about the Enneagram when Jeff was in seminary and this, this was in 2001 and, Mm -hmm. you know, as most people realize the Enneagram didn't come from a Christian background, but just like any worldview on any topic, you know, I could see the truth that was, you know, being laid out, but a lot of it was worded or used in ways that didn't align with our Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. And so even though Jeff was, you know, Nick deep in his own theological studies and ministry and pastoring, I would bring to him often like, Hey, here's a truth that I see, mm-hmm. but we wouldn't word it this way. So mm-hmm. how would we word it from our Christian faith perspective, our worldview? And so then he would just nuance it. And we did that year after year, you know, um, bit by bit. And so then when, you know, we you know, been using it for so long, we mm-hmm. could really see more clearly how to use the Enneagram from this Christian perspective. And what I usually tell people is we teach at your Enneagram coach, there's four core motivations. We have a core fear, what we're always running away from. Mm-hmm. We have a core desire that, oh my gosh, if I just get this, like for me as a nine, it's like, if I can have peace and harmony and inner stability, like, mm-hmm. oh, it's like, I'll be in heaven. Yes. Um, and then and I fear being in conflict or tension or overlooked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a core, which all the other teachers call the passion or the deadly sin, but we mm-hmm. call it the core weakness because we are weak, but he is strong. His grace is sufficient mm-hmm. for us. And that, that core weakness yeah. really shows that we are absolutely dependent on the Holy spirit to work in and through us all mm-hmm. the time and how we have to preach the gospel to ourselves each and every day, each and every moment. Cause we forget all the time yeah, that it's him yeah. who works in and through us. Mm-hmm. And it's him who began a good work and it's him who will complete Fair the good work. Out. Yes. So that's why I call it the core weakness. And then yeah. we have a core longing and this is um, the message our heart longs to hear. And I really focus in on this the most because in Jeremiah two thirteen, it talks about that we have forsaken the spring of living water, 
which is God, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, so we've turned and we've dug our own cisterns, cisterns that cannot hold water because they're broken. So mm-hmm. think of a pool that it has a huge crack in it. Well, you could be much water into it, but it's not going to ever fill up. And that's what we do in life as a whole. But especially I want Jeff to fulfill this core longing that I have, which I want to know that my presence matters because mm-hmm. I don't think it matters. I don't think anyone's going to, you know, think much of what I have to say or my opinions. I shouldn't assert myself because why would I, if it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. but if my husband can show me and, and help me to feel that, oh, well then it'd be awesome. Right. And so we try to pull these things out of our spouses. It could be our kids. It could be our career. Mm-hmm. It unfortunately can get into addictions and all these other things. We, we fill ourselves with lots of things on earth but they're all broken. Now that doesn't mean they're all bad. It just Mm -hmm. means that they're not the complete version of what we need. Mm -hmm. So if I turn back to the spring of living water, which is Jesus and the Holy spirit working in and through me, then I'm like, Oh wait, I can have as much of this as I want. It never dries up. My heart gets filled up. It's not broken. It's free. It's flowing. Mm -hmm. And from there, I realized the nine, wait, my presence does matter. God went to great lengths to bring me into relationship with him, not because he, he pitied me, mm-hmm. but because I matter to him. Mm-hmm. And when I can rest in that assurance, it changes the whole trajectory of my type. It changes how I see Jeff. I see our relationship. It's no longer, he has to come through for me. I'm already filled up. If I, and I have to do this like on a daily hourly basis, cause we forget. Mm-hmm. And then I keep trying to get it from Jeff or the world or whatever. <laughs> yeah. If I continually come back to the spring and drink, then I can move towards people with loving kindness and gentle tenderness and, and engage with the world realizing, no, it, it matters. And Mm -hmm. so that's really where I feel like when people look at the Enneagram, if you really focus in on these core motivations, knowing your heart disposition, but always coming back to how God has satisfied your core longing through the work of Jesus Christ, then it can change your whole trajectory. It's like this key that unlocks that door that has, it's just been holding on like, no, but I got to fix life. And he's like, no, I've already done it for you. And it's not just the relationship with their spouse. though. So that's going to be a huge part. It could be your relationship with your coworkers or your kids or your community. Try to get this core longing met anywhere else. We will be dissatisfied and hurt and hurt others. Mm, yes. And I love how that's a part of 12 step groups in terms of, we have to first admit we have a problem and you named second yes. Corinthians 12, nine, one of my favorite verses about how we have to give God those weaknesses. But when we do, like you said, you were beautifully woken up and able to do the work because you realize if you relied on only yourself or your marriage or your family, there's always going to be either perfectionism or an inner critic against yourself, or there's going to be somebody who lets you down. So everybody listening needs to know when you get to the end of yourself, God is an option and it's the best option. And that's beautiful that you guys share that because it is a very unfortunate thing that sometimes people share your spouse can be everything to you. And what I also loved hearing was as I learned some of your instinctual stacking with the sexual and social nine being very close, I understand how nice it is for you not to be the standard textbook, average level sexual nine, who's uh, very codependent on the spouse and can't exist outside of the spouse or have any of their own interests, which anyone listening who knows, you knows that's not true about you, at least not anymore. Yes. Well, and, uh, and we talked about that. So growing up, 
you know, I definitely wanted to merge as a nine with, Mm -hmm. with people, but definitely with that special someone. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that was boyfriends at first. And then it became Jeff and literally just kind of lost myself and was happy. Of course I'm quotes Mm -hmm. happy to go along with your career and do whatever and go along with my kids' life and their desires. So there was a lot of those thought patterns and tendencies Mm -hmm. that I thought were good and normal. That was being kind. That was being a loving wife, you know, but over time, as we've done our own work, recognizing no, there's part of that that is good, but then it goes way too far. And then if I lose myself and I lose what God has called me to, and I don't speak up and I don't have a voice and engage with life, that is not healthy. And that is not good. Um, I think I told you, even though we do business as your Enneagram coach, the business name is Beth McCord and company LLC. And so Jeff, that was Jeff saying, no, we have to name it after you because it's so easy for us as a couple to put him in the forefront Mm. and me in the background. And we've flipped it intentionally. Well, I mean, the Enneagram is more my thing, even though he comes along, his thing is more pastoral ministry and all those things. And so we play our own roles in it but he was very adamant that I see this for what, what it is. This is God's calling on my life. And he's participating Mm -hmm. with me so often. I would just want to like hide under a table or push him (laughs) in the front and be like, no, no, you can do this and you are doing it. Mm -hmm. And so it's really great to have as a sexual social stacking to have not only Jeff champion, my team champions me really well. They give me the space and the time to rejuvenate. And then also to chain me. And one of the great ways to push me is to have things on my calendar, you know, like a new book or an event or something that I, I have to work, you know, I have to put myself forward. Mm -hmm. Um, otherwise if I don't have those things on the calendar, it's way too easy to just slip Mm -hmm. in the wayside and and just think, say, no one cares, you know, and that's just not true. Oh, how beautiful that you have a team that supports you. And I was going to ask too, if you, uh, notice anything different about your anger, because of course we know nines being in the anger triad, would you say that that decreased when you started to wake up more and do what was most important versus what was just kind of good stuff, but not the right thing? Yeah. I think a couple of things, nines will always say, I'm not angry. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. I'm irritated or I'm fresh. We'll use those terms, but we won't use the word anger. Whereas now I'll use the word anger. And it's almost to the point I've always been a strong, obviously we use both our wings, um, Mm -hmm. but I use my eight a lot more. Mm -hmm. And so when I am around nines and then nines with one wings and they're like, I don't ever feel angry. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like I have this like (laughs) little bit of bubbling lava under the surface all the time. Like I can feel this energy and, you know, and so I've always known it's there. It's a little bit clearer to me than I think some nines. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I've been able to recognize that, but I've also recognized how my eight wing, that part of me is my champion. Like she, she champions my voice, she mm. protects me, she plows a path for me. Mm. And so I know like one day I had to get like a lot of work done that I, I as a nine, I, at the moment I was feeling not motivated or I didn't have a lot of clarity mm. and Jeff and I got spun out. So I was a little, little irritated. Okay. Angry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we worked it out, but I was still kind of in that bubbling energy mode. And he's like, Hey, let's watch a movie. And I was like, I, I can't, I've got to use this energy because when my eight shows up, mm. the clarity 
and the, the drive and the intensity is so great. I was like, I'm going to capitalize. She's like, she's here. She's helping. Um, (laughs) That's good. I love that. Yeah. Because it's like, I think a lot of people hear the word anger and -hmm. they think bad and Mm -hmm. it's like, it's passion, it's energy, it's drive. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that I wanted to capitalize on having that in the moment, Mm -hmm. um, because it's not always there, or at least I don't always sense it or feel it or, or tap into it. Um, but I really seen it be a life source. Um, like I said, it plows the path for me to do the work that I want to do versus succumb to the false lies that the nine wants to keep saying to me. Yeah. So I love that you get stirred up in a healthy way. And now you're able to say it's anger and anger is a healthy emotion. There's a reason for it. It's an alert system so that I can get moving. It's not shaming me. It's not saying you're bad, but it's saying, come on, let's go and let's do this now. Cause this is what you're born for. And you're going to be the most joyful when you're in it. So interestingly, it fuels you, but you're not nasty to people in that moment. Now you're actually awake. Ah, That's yeah. Mean. Now, I mean, I am a human. So yes, of course, like as, as a nine, I'm probably not going to demonstrate some of those <gasps> less uh, pleasurable characteristics in front of most people. But, you know, like I'll tell my, you know, my kids have seen more of that, that passion, that anger kind of come out sideways, maybe yeah. through passive aggressiveness or irritability mm-hmm. or shortness, mm-hmm. directness. Um, and so, you know, I have to be very aware of that because I think for nines, our family can bear the blunt of the anger and the family's trying to get them to wake up to it. So I have to listen and be attuned to what the family is saying and then own and apologize when I finally wake up to, Oh, I am doing that. I'm hurting you and recognizing like when I do get irritated and frustrated, it feels like I went from Dr. Banner to the Hulk Mm -hmm. and my family is like, well, I don't think you get that. Like, I mean, they're, they're like lovingly teasing me like, mom, it's not really the whole, but for the nine, it feels like that. It feels scary. It feels unsafe. And I, I want to try to hide it. And that's where the passive aggressiveness comes um, out. And that's not helpful. So the more I can assert and say what's going on and what I need yes. and being aware and communicating it, or even like when I get all anxious, cause I'm sorry, I'm really anxious right now. Yeah. You know, and I, I know it's kind of coming out sideways, you know, I'm sorry. I, I'm going to be mindful. I'm going to try not to, but I just want you to know that I'm aware that I'm doing this and I may not be able to change it, but I'm, I'm at least trying and it's not you, it's me, you know? I think mm-hmm. just owning our own stuff, being aware, asking for help is so crucial. And for mm-hmm. nine, it's hard because one, it it's like admitting, you know, that I'm not where I should be and I'm causing some issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I do it, there's so much grace and kindness and moving mm-hmm. towards me. It's exactly what I want, but I don't do it because I fear it's going to give me the opposite. And, you know, it's just like, mm-hmm. ah if we could only just remember these things each time, it'd be so much better. It really would because I struggle with my issues every single day. And so I understand yes. that. And I think that's a beautiful reminder to our listeners. Like you can be loving the work and passionate and have a gift to share with others, as well as doing your own all at once, needing God falling on your face, uh, yes. finding yourself back at step 
one, but also yeah. knowing, okay, but you know what? Thank you, God, for completing the work and mm-hmm. carrying it out as we hear in Philippians and just knowing that we do have new mercies every morning. So there's a lot of gifts, even yes. in that, even in knowing today, I wasn't perfect. I disappointed people, but they told me there was grace. We were curious with each other. Um, so I love that. And I also love that we got to hear a tad about just now how you go to six and your spouse being a six. There's that sense yes. of you guys really need your faith right there because you're both in fear. (laughs) Yes. When Jeff's like, I mean, of course, sixes are very witty and sarcastic and fun. And he'll be like, Hey, get out of my neighborhood. You don't know how to do this very well. (laughs) And we just laugh and, but it is, it's true. Um, you know, I, when I slip into the, what we call misaligned, um, type six behaviors, you know, it's, um, it's just not very helpful. You know, I get very, you know, kind of scattered, but organized all at the same time of what could go wrong, whether physically or relationally. And and then I'm thinking of worst case scenarios. And then I start reacting to that. I can get irritated and defensive and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, trying to fix everything and take responsibility. And those, some of those things can actually be good if I'm actually in a good place. Right. So it's good to recognize there are things that could go wrong in life and there are good preparations to take place. Um, yes. but it's when it's coming out in a misaligned way, then that's not very beneficial. And so, and, and then we can both be reactive. If he's stay, staying in that six zone and I'm in that six zone, then we're both reactive and that's mm-hmm. not helpful. Mm-hmm. Usually like if that happens, then, then my nine, she shuts down. She has this fill safe button. It's like, no one's getting in. <laughs> I'm not coming out. Like, you know, it's almost like, I I think of it as like a bank vault, you know, like, and and Jeff knows, like he can see the bank vault starting to close and he's starting to panic. And I'm like, sorry, you know, too bad, you know, and I have to be very, you have to be very aware and catch that, you know, before it happens. And, but if it doesn't reconciling and restoring relationship and Mm -hmm. talking it through learning for the next time, Mm -hmm. um, being curious about one another, recognizing each other's needs. So Mm -hmm. important. Um, so even, you know, like, like you said, we're not going to ever be perfect at this, but recognizing we're not going to be perfect. We can come to one another with compassion and empathy on a whole new level, which really sparks deeper friendship, deeper intimacy with one another for the long haul. Mm, And thank you for reminding us there's room for repair on the days when we don't get it right, when we're not just coming at it from a place of curiosity. That's really important for couples listening to remember your spouse isn't going to do it perfectly either. And Mm. you're going to need to forgive each other a lot. So that is awesome. And after we get back from the break, I have one big final question for you, Beth, that I think that our listeners are going to want to hang on for. So I wanted to pause right there and say, as you can hear Beth saying, she is talking about getting stuck in her personality type. I'm talking about that. We talk about that on every show. This is nothing new to you. But why I recommend the devotional series from InterVarsity Press is because you guys getting stuck right there need tools to get you out of that particularly. And we give some of them on the show, but to go 40 days in deep, and there's an email attached if you sign up for it, it really adds another layer of intensity to the work. And there's a lot of very practical tools that listening to one podcast, you don't get all in one day. You're getting them over a 40-day stretch. And that's giving you time to work in a new habit. 
And that's exciting because it takes 21 days to build a habit. And here you are building. And what's been really special is, yes, last time I shared toward the beginning of this 40-day trek about the wonderful seven book by Gideon Yishung saying how nice that I've been able to slowly but surely try to do that work. But I've also noticed that the book by Sean Palmer, the type three book, has rocked my whole situation differently because as an entrepreneur, I spend a lot of time in my three mode. And so that was really groundbreaking for me to be able to see these other books that you get stuck in little pieces in different seasons of your life just by the nature of the season. You're really going to benefit from them, not just buying that one for others, but I would encourage you to maybe lend them to others or give some of them away, but really enjoy some of them yourself too, the ones you think you could use because that's been awesome, not just to put myself in the shoes of others, but to say, these tips are life-giving to me and to be able to work through them with clients has been a gift too. So I wanted to share that with you guys. And of course, to remind you to use the code EMPOD30. It's an amazing series of diverse authors. As you know, Suzanne Stabile is the editor. So you're in good hands. I just wanted to let you know that as we're doing that individual work in the midst of the marriage work. So, okay. Thank you so much that you are just willing to go to this uncomfortable place with me here. I know that's not always easy for me as a seven, you as a nine. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow God wants to use us here. Uh, so exactly. let's, let's talk about how some people think the Enneagram is evil. This is a big question. Yeah. It's a tough question. It is a tough question. And I'll be honest, as a good old nine, I avoided the topic for a really long time. I had resolved it in my own heart, done my own research and, and just kind of wanted to honestly ignore it. But I really feel like God revealed to me, like Beth, you're the one that has to speak, you know, mm. use the strength of the nine and you know, the, the plowing forward of the eight to pave a way for those that want to listen on this. Um, but so a lot of people will think that the Enneagram started from evil origins or occultic origins. And that's just not true. Now they, they'll put out all of their research, this, that, and the other, but I've talked to Enneagram teachers that have studied under the very people they're talking to, and they've never seen any of these indications. Right. Um, that's true. That I've been the same thing. There's no occultic nature that even can be found. Yes. Yeah. None. And I think the biggest thing they really uh, cling on to, or one of the things is when one of the teachers, Claudio Naranjo talked about using automatic writing mm -hmm. and that word automatic writing, they're going, they just cling on to as if, oh, see, they, they channeled a spirit in their writing. But if you understood Claudio Naranjo and who, what his type was and how he was a genius in uh, the psychology realm, mm -hmm. how much he studied, how much he learned, you'll recognize as a type five, fives have literally filing cabinets, not just one, multiple filing cabinets in their mind that they've stored all of this information. Mm -hmm. And here he sits down to put together all of the research that he's gathered over the years mm -hmm. in a more nuanced way than even his mentor had given him. Mm -hmm. You can see when I see a five in that space, I see low of information that is coming from all that has been stored up inside. And like I said, I've asked several teachers who studied under him. Did you notice, did you ever hear any occultic practices or anything like that? And they were like, no, in fact, he's a very witty kind of cheeky guy. And so mm -hmm. even when he said that he, 
he's not meaning it how a Christian, uh, maybe apologist or a defender of the faith might say or hear it. And so that was really helpful for me and just kind of do my own research on that. Mm-hmm. But also when I, I went to the university of Kansas and it's a secular college and I took ethics and my professor was an atheist. Well, you can take ethics in a Christian college. You could take ethics, mm-hmm. you know, anywhere. It was a very interesting class, but I had to be very mindful of what I was learning from who I was learning it from and do my own thinking. Am I, and if I was going to utilize some of the information that I was being given, I want to put it through the lens of a Christian. Now he, interestingly enough, believed that abortion was wrong from the moment of conception. And as an atheist, you would not really usually expect and he had as an ethics professor at all laid out. It was very intriguing. And so, you know, obviously I didn't believe in the the view that there was no God, but there was a lot of what he was saying in the same viewpoint I had about abortion that was really intriguing and helpful, but I'm not going to take everything he said word for word. So this is what we try to explain to people, even though some of the previous teachers Mm -hmm. have taught it from different worldviews, different religions, different Mm -hmm. perspectives does not mean that I have to adhere to that or agree with that. In fact, that's why Jeff and I spent over 15 years kind of homing through all the things that we've learned. And if it couldn't line up with scripture in our theology, we're going to throw it out with the bath bath water, you know? Right. But where we did see truth, because all truth is God's truth, where we did Mm -hmm. see truth, we wanted to make sure it lined up with scripture. Mm -hmm. And how can we then align our hearts to scripture, not to the Enneagram? Does the Enneagram align with what is true? Right. So that, that is where the perspective we come from now, not everyone is going to feel comfortable with this tool. Not everyone feels comfortable with lots of tools out there. There's mm-hmm. lots of, uh, psychology modalities that some people like really love and some people mm-hmm. uncomfortable with that's perfectly fine from a theologically accurate perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's great. Okay. Yeah. That is so helpful. I love your analogy about the ethics professor, especially just to be able to say, we're all going to meet with people who share similar faith stories, some who don't, and we're going to learn something from each of them. We hope, and that everybody has something to teach. So I love that you're saying, even if somebody is on the fence about Enneagram, they might be able to enjoy certain aspects of it and maybe not others. And maybe they don't want to go into the passions and the virtues and the fixations and the holy ideas, but they're just at that lower rung of saying, Oh, I like knowing that this is their core motivation and this is mine. Um, and I'm going to pair that with my faith life. So it's really helpful to hear people don't have to take it at every level and that we can also together talk about how sometimes when we're talking about writing things down, like you mentioned with Naranjo, we might be saying it's catharsis, it's free association. It's, it's whatever we're talking about when we put our little corner word onto it. And so we don't want to overanalyze one little word and throw out everything good. And we also know the Jesuits had their hands on the Enneagram for many Mm -hmm. years, developing things many years. So So it's so helpful for us to just talk together. Yeah, and so actually feel that. for those that want to go even deeper with this, we have an actual webpage dedicated to it. Your Enneagram coach.com forward slash origins. And we have our own statement on it, but we also have three podcast uh, episodes that we did with uh, two other pastors along with Jeff and I. 
And so it, it just takes you through how we've seen it, how we've dealt with it and gives you a lot of resources. And then there's other resources on that webpage beyond just what we have done, but what other people have said about it as well. So that could be a really helpful place for people. Wow. That's everything. Thank you so much. That is just exactly what I think people want. And I'm of course talking about the ones who like to read, which is including me, but some of us are podcast (laughs) listeners, of course. So they can do both. (laughs) They loved hearing what you just shared. And I love knowing that there's reading. So I'll share that on the link from today, but I also want to ask you, where can people find you? I think most of our listeners know you, but some of them might not. So please tell us. Yeah. So we're at your Enneagram coach.com and, you know, go to the website. You can find us at Instagram at your Enneagram. We have lots of free content, but we also have courses, books. Um, if you want to become a certified Enneagram coach, we've got that. So it's anywhere from beginners all the way to wanting to actually use this in other people's lives. So we've got lots of stuff there and a free, like you said, the free assessment as well for people that want, and we use it as a guiding tool. It's not the definitive word. We have to do our own work to verify our type and to find our type. We give you all the resources to do that at your enneagramcoach.com. Oh, thank you. And I love the ongoing work. Once you take Beth's test, it's not just over and it's, you get a journey with her. You get to hear about your type in more depth. And she's put a lot of work into each type and the coaches that go through her program are empowered to help others. So Mm -hmm. it's very exciting if you guys are interested in coaching and you also do couples work. Like I said, at the beginning and you have your wonderful book becoming us, right? Yes. Becoming us using the Enneagram to create a thriving gospel centered marriage. So that's our book. And then we have 45 courses for all 45 couple type combinations. And we kind of work through their specific dynamics as well. Uh, So yeah, there's lots of, I mean, as you and I both know, we could talk about the Enneagram in every sphere of life. There's no shortage of content, but you just want to figure out where am I at and how do I use this? A lot of people learn about the Enneagram, the, the concepts, but I think what we're trying to do is, is go from, okay, now I know the Enneagram now what, and we're giving them the now what, like, how do you implement this in your everyday life? And our mission statement, let people really see a perspective of us is for people to see themselves with astonishing clarity can break free from self-condemnation, fear, and shame by knowing and experiencing the unconditional love, forgiveness, and freedom in Christ. Mm -hmm. So there's not even the word Enneagram in it, even though obviously we think it's a very powerful resource. It is a tool among lots of things to help us to get to that freedom and that love and relationship that we already have in Christ. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing all this beautiful work you're doing, Beth. Thank you for showing up and activating. And I hope you get a rest now. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the weekend, right? At least when we're recording this, it's the weekend. (laughs) So we are going to hang out with some friends and to enjoy our time together. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. That was such a gift, and I am so happy that we got to talk with Beth. We got to end the season so well together to be able to say this is an element that some will not choose to feel comfortable bringing in, but for those that do, I invite you to really be comforted by Beth's words that if you have the truth, all truth is God's truth, and you can incorporate that spiritual component so that when you fall short and you're feeling like, oh, I'm not doing my work, or I keep 
messing up that you know that God's grace is upon you. That is such a gift for all of us to remember. And there but for the grace of God go I, right? So anyway, thank you for a beautiful time together this season. I cannot wait for more, more glow pairings, more fun, and especially fun taking your questions for this next season, which you're going to hear all about in season three. Stay tuned on my Instagram. Don't forget to check out the show notes for Beth's amazing book and the stellar InterVarsity Press series as well. So make sure you head over to the Instagram for any gram and marriage this week because we're giving away three full sets of the 40-day devotional series of all the books for free for three people. So make sure you check that out. Our contest is up. That's going to be super fun. It ends this Friday. So make sure you head over there also. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye.